You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to A Step Further. This is the weekly podcast for Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Matt Nickerson. I'm the host for today's podcast. And what we want to do is take what we talked about on Sunday a step further. So we're in the middle of this series talking about the iceberg. And the whole concept here is most of us deal with this part of the iceberg that's sticking out. That's what you see, right? But there's a whole bunch of stuff going on under the surface. And what are we going to do with all that stuff? Well, Sunday, I used a quote that I used years ago, and it turns out, even though I didn't hear the quote anywhere else, turns out it's a really regular, famous quote, and I have no idea who said it originally, but the quote goes like this, you're either getting bitter or you're getting better. You're either getting bitter or you're getting better. And really, the whole idea there is we're either going to deal with the stuff that's going on beneath the surface that's surfacing itself in our actions and in our words, uh, or we're not. And if we're not dealing with it, we're getting bitter. And if we are dealing with it, then maybe by God's grace, we're getting better. Well, there's a passage I want to read today, and this is what we'll build our thought around. This is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, and it says this in Hebrews. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Well, let's unpack that for our time here today. What exactly is going on here? Well, first of all, in a garden, if you have a particular plant that is, say, a bitter plant, if that plant grows up in a garden, what will happen is the actual the bitterness of that plant or that vegetable or whatever will go down through the roots and will actually make the rest of the soil have a bitter taste to it. So then your carrots or your broccoli or your whatever it is will actually taste bitter. I'm no gardener. In fact, I joke all the time. I I can't grow anything. I can't even grow weeds successfully. So I'm not a guy to speak intelligently about this, but imagine a radish growing up in your garden. If this doesn't actually happen with a radish, give me grace here. But imagine a radish growing up in your garden, and now all of your vegetables taste like radishes because when you brought it up in the same garden, it spread its flavor to everything else else. And that's part of what the writer of Hebrews is trying to get to. Be careful that in your local church, in your local family, in your local small group, in your local body of Jesus Christ, that bitterness doesn't grow up among you and spread. And it says, cause trouble and defile many. Well, what do those two things mean? Well, they actually mean two different things. They aren't two ways of saying the same thing. So let's just unpack those. Cause trouble and defile many. Cause trouble. Well, have you ever talked to a bitter person? Do you ever meet a person who's really bitter about something that's happened to them or something that's going on around them and uh, maybe they feel powerless to do anything about it? Maybe the wound's never been healed and you're again in a conversation like they just kind of say an opinion about something and it just comes out as raw, it comes out as harsh and you think to yourself, wow, well, what can happen is if that person isn't corrected um, in love, if that person isn't set on a new course in love, if that person isn't dealt with in love, what happened is they can actually create division and backbiting and devouring and fighting and, and all kinds of problems, which the church is supposed to be a new family. Anybody out there ever fight with their siblings, let alone their church siblings? Of course. And so what happens is uh, here, the writer of Hebrews is encouraging, especially guys like myself, church leaders, pastors, elders, small group leaders, um, types like us, to not just let those comments go unchecked. 
if somebody is in the family, if somebody's in the body and they are a divisive person, they're spreading bitterness. Maybe they're hurt by a decision that was made, or maybe they're hurt by a comment that was spoken. If that person's um, hurt as legitimate, then a church has to confront that. And if, it, if it's not legitimate, if it's just somebody creating a vision, then that has to be dealt with too. But the whole point is you can't ignore it. Don't simply let it go cause trouble for many. If it grows up among you and it's not handled, it will be bad. Now, we could spend an entire conversation on this and easily get deep, 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 deep in the weeds because you probably have a lot of questions about what that means. Me too. What I want you to know is the church is supposed to be the safest place on earth. And when I say safe, that doesn't mean safe to do what you want, when you want, how you want. When I say safe, I mean safe in that we will lovingly hold each other accountable to be more like Jesus Christ. It's exactly what Jesus is getting to in Matthew chapter 18, where he says, if somebody sins against you, go to them, have a conversation with them. If they won't accept the fact that they sinned against you, then take somebody else with you. And if they won't accept you and that other person going to them, because by the way, that other person might say, no, they aren't wrong, you're wrong. That's the goal of the other person. But then if that person agrees with you that this person sinned and they still won't own it, then you take them before the elders. And if they still won't even repent, even after going to the elders, then you take them before the entire church. Now, here's the point. The, in the body of Christ, there's supposed to be accountability, but it's accountability that is uh, solidified through the community of the believers. And so the, the person doesn't have the opportunity to hurt you again and again and again and again. It's You get further and further and further from them. So the first time it's one-on-one, the second time it's two-on-one, the third time it's the body of the elders, possibly that other person, plus you and them, and then it's the entire church and you and them. So there's increasing protection for the offended party while there's still accountability happening. This is the context, the background, the backdrop behind Hebrews 12, 15. But then the second part there, it says, don't let a bitter root grow up among you and defile many. So this bitter root may not come from a person who is bitter. This bitter root might also come from a person whose life is bitter. The context before this and the context after this gives us a little bit of insight as to what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. The verse right before it in verse 14, Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Then down in verse 16, it says, see that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance right as the oldest son. So we get a little bit of idea of what it's talking about. See to it that nobody lives a moralist life. See to it that everybody is holy. And this verse 15 is smashed in between there. So in other words, if a person is spreading bitterness or if a person is spreading defilement, they're living in ways that are not honoring and not pleasing to God. Do not simply merely ignore that and let it go on. Deal with it. Confront it. Approach it. Don't shrink back. Don't be afraid. Deal with it. This is why I say the church is supposed to be the safest place on earth. Not because you're going to be safe to be who you want, when you want, how you want. That's the message of the world. The message of Christ is you become like Jesus Christ. And the people that you are, quote unquote, coming to church with are supposed to be the group most surrendered to assist you in that process of you becoming more and more like Jesus. And that takes sharpening, and that takes conflict sometimes, and it takes hard conversations. It takes a face-to-face over coffee or a meal or in someone's home. It is hard, but oh, is it worth it.
See, I, I long as a pastor to see a church filled with people who know what it's like to pour into each other's lives and receive the pouring into my life from others. And some of you listening to this have never experienced that. You've never had another person love you enough to look at you and say, you're wrong. I love you, but you're wrong. And boy, are you missing out because you don't have that. And I long for our church to be that. I long for you to experience that. So here's my encouragement, my challenge to you today. I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know what you're dealing with. But if there's defilement in you, if there's trouble among you, or maybe it's in your body, I want to encourage you to hit it head on, to do something about it. Don't merely take the next step. See, there's stuff going on under the surface, and you're either getting bitter or you're getting better. So let's together agree that we're going to get better, and we need a community of people to help us do that. God bless you. See you next week.